Well, it finally happened. The Florida Panthers are officially the beasts of the East. The Panthers take down the Detroit Red Wings by a final score of 5-2 at FLA Live Arena, while the Tampa Bay Lightning defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs to help the Florida Panthers clinch the top spot in the Eastern Conference. On today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, Nick Fairbanks joins me to discuss the Florida Panthers beating Detroit and the Panthers getting the top spot in the East as, as long along with the Atlantic Division. We're going to discuss that and more on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, April 22nd edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also follow the national show Locked On HL on the Cross Check Any Show Show where the will they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Wow, another night, another great night for the Florida Panthers. Uh, for the second time this week, the Florida Panthers defeat the Detroit Red Wings five to two uh, in a game where we saw Carver Hagee taking a maintenance day. Uh, for the Panthers, we're going to see a lot more uh, maintenance days for the Cats in the next few days, even though they'll be chasing for the President's Trophy, which have now they are two points clear of the Colorado Avalanche. And also on the other side for the Detroit Red Wings, um, even though Dylan Larkin has been out for the rest of the season after their Sunday game, uh, a late scratch for Philip Zadina of the Detroit Red Wings. So the Detroit Red Wings were also coming into this uh, game uh, shorthanded, coming into uh tonight but another win and with the tampa bay lightning defeating the toronto maple leafs tonight the florida panthers have now clinched the number one seed in the eastern conference and great a great opportunity to bring in my guest here on the show uh nick fairbanks who was at fla live arena for tonight's uh five to two win over detroit um Nick, welcome back to the show, and it's finally great to have you back on a day where there is an actual game, and what what a night for these Florida Panthers. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me back, uh, Armando, and uh, I can't remember the last time uh, I have been on after a game, possibly, was it the Western trip that they were on? Uh, and I don't even think they had won their first game of uh, their 12-game winning streak yet. Yeah, their uh, 12-game uh, winning streak started uh, shortly after that loss to Toronto. And uh, the last time you were here after a game was their shutout against the Chicago Blackhawks, um, where uh, Bobrovsky just looked uh, great in that one. But yeah, it's it's been a little bit, but hey, we have a we have a game to talk about, and it's great and it's great to the where the Florida Panthers are now at with 118 points on um, the season, just incredible, 56, 15, and and uh, six for this Florida Panthers team that they continue to just uh, just dominate the opposition. I mean, their defense, um, these last six games, nine goals um, given up in the last six games, their defense has been 
so much better in front of um, in front of the goalie. And even though Bob gave up a soft one um, today in the first period, um, still the Florida Panthers were able to uh, shut it down when they, they they needed to. And credit to the defense, credit to the Florida Panthers in this recent stretch. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do feel that the start to this game um, it was a little lacking. I felt like the team was a little loose, or at least the forwards weren't um, going down uh, to help out the defense. But um, I honestly think after the first goal, they started to tighten it up, and then they were swarming uh, the Detroit Red Wings uh, whenever they came into the zone. Uh, there was no easy, um, you know, puck to gain uh, for the Red Wings during this game, and it seemed like there was you know, an intent there to show that we could play a defensive game, you know, a full 60 minutes. I'll give them 55 tonight, which is, you know, good enough, but um, you could really see the maturation of the team actually wanting to put a complete game together and shut down uh, a team like the Detroit Red Wings. Speaking of complete games, speaking of winning games, one thing that uh, Jacob uh, tweeted about uh, today was talking about Steve leaving on the broadcast. I know you were at the game, so you didn't get to see, mm-hmm. see the, hear the commentary. But um, Mark Messi and Chris Chelius were talking about how they are so convinced about the Panthers. Steve Levy was saying about how can they do it in the playoffs. And I think – and I can see how that can bother some people, but I can also see why that question was raised. This last few weeks for the Panthers, they have shown that they can do it. But again, but again, of course, the playoffs, let, let's see what they can do. and. With five games left, it's just like, man, let I, I, I just want the playoffs to start tomorrow with, because they're going in as hot as – they're coming in hot at the right time and now tied for the um, longest uh, winning streak at 12, uh, set back in 2015, 2016. And just – I want the playoffs to start tomorrow. I'm just the, – the momentum is just so good right now for this team. Yeah, and I think, you know, I honestly think it's a fair point from Levy, as annoying as it may be, just because I think that's been the talk for the last couple of months. You know, if Florida's going to score all these goals, you know, are they going to be able to keep it up in the playoffs? And I think we all know the answer to that. Um, You know, are they going to be able to transition to playing more of a defensive staunch style? Uh, And I think, you know, over the last week or two that they've been able to actually show everybody that they can do that now. Are they going to be able to do that against playoff teams like, you know, Toronto coming up on Saturday and Tampa on Sunday? Um, I think that'll be a true litmus test, but it seems like the games that they're supposed to win, that they can play any style they want to. Um, I know I mentioned on, uh, you know, previous uh, shows that I've been on, but the team seems to understand that scoring six, seven, eight, maybe nine goals is not going to happen in the playoffs unless I don't know, maybe an emergency goalie has to come in for uh, the other team. But I think that they understand that this is not the style that they're going to be able to play the whole time and that they're really working on, you know, fine tuning, you know, what job responsibilities, you know, the forwards have, who's going to be on the ice when. Um, One of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up was, do you know what Barkov uh, has done in the faceoff circle since Claude Giroux has come in? Oh, uh, I don't know the exact number, but what 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 percent is it? Well, I don't have a percent, so maybe you know somebody out there with uh, stats and stuff like that come out. But um, over the last two games, he's gotten twenty five out of twenty eight faceoffs wow. won. So 
just goes to show that, that that trade that was made uh, was made for more than just, you know, giving Bark off somebody who can play on his wing and everything, which he really hasn't. He's played on second line, but also another mentor to kind of come in and show Bark off like, hey, you know, this is what you need to do in order to, uh, you know, win puck battles and then also gain possession. So um, I think everything's going the right way for the Florida Panthers. I think that the next two games are going to be really telling to see if that style is something that, they can stick with or if they're going to kind of revert back to their style of run and gun and score a lot of goals off the rush. Mm-hmm. And the Florida Panthers won two thirds of their faceoffs tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that percentage for Barkoff tonight uh, is at 91%. Um, mm-hmm. So just uh, Claude Drew was at uh, 78% uh, for the, for the Panthers as well. So just two, two guys who are just uh, dominating the circle. And um, when, when you possess the puck and, and it's funny because the Panthers in the first 15 minutes of this game, they weren't giving, uh, they weren't putting any pressure on Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings were taking away the middle of the ice. Um, yep. on a, 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 a typical mistake by uh, Bobrovsky on that first goal. Um, you know, even even once again, the Florida Panthers get, making a little mistake early, but still finding, but still finding a way to attack later in periods. And, and I mean, just look at the last uh, few minutes alone. Um, alone, Barkov gets a power play goal, and and um, Mason Marchment gets uh one takes one all by himself and Lucas Raymond might have pushed that in after Mason <laughs> Marchment was like t- spun around too. So Barkoff four goals in his last two games as well after that hat trick just the other day as well. I mean the captain's leading the way and even Jumbo Joe uh spoke about it with the ESPN crew after the game talking about how we follow their lead. Barkoff Huberto he was talking about how important it is for Ekblad to come back. Uyghur being now the number one defenseman of this team. Like we've seen it two years in a row with Uyghur, um, with Ekblad going out and, and Ekblad is there waiting in the wings. And I, I, I also like what I saw from Ben Sherratt tonight. There was a sequence where mm-hmm. he was real. he had to make a very instinctual play to keep the puck in the zone and then had a big strip at the other end, all in the same shift. So I kind of, I liked what I saw in Ben Sherratt tonight as well. Definitely his best game as a Panther, in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, seeing him up close and everything, I do think he does pass the eye test. And I do think it took him a little bit more time to kind of get his feet wet. Um, I do think that he's playing with Uyghur a lot better. I know that there was, uh, you know, a huge call for, you know, to split, you know, them up and everything. And it did work for a game or two. But ultimately, I think what it came down to is, hey, listen, you know, these guys are going to be the ones that are going to play most of the minutes and everything. And we need to pair them up and they need to figure it out. Um, Uyghur actually had a really good game tonight. I had no issues with that besides him referring to a thermometer as a uh, temperature. Uh, <laughs> what did he say? He said a temperature. Um, uh, sorry. I tweeted about it. Yeah. He, reader, uh, a temperature reader, re- temperature reader. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the so weather man for you. Yeah, and I'm kind of doing the reverse of what he did. I'm like, yeah, it's a thermometer, but what did he call it? It was a temperature, uh, 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 yeah, no, did a complete opposite. So, um, no, he, he definitely had a great game tonight, and his goal was um, with him being very aggressive and actually jumping into the play uh, right into the slot there. So, no issues with him. Um, ben Sherratt, to me, continues to, um, you know, impress, and I think he's definitely the right defenseman for the top six. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that weird goal, a, a beautiful setup by Mason Marchman going backhand as everybody is uh, as everybody was just uh, looking at Mason Marchman. Nobody picks him up going um, as he's uh, speeding and just an incredible, an incredible feed by Mason Marchman. But we're going to talk more about this game, more about uh, where the Panthers, 
things are and everything. It, just a, an incredible night for this Florida Panthers team as they just continue um, to make history. Um, and one, definitely one to remember. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I pretty much give up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, then you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallow eat. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. Compare that to a typical candy bar, which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste, and they make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here from PantherParkway.com. Uh, so a lot of line um, mix-ups for the Panthers, of course. Um, Carter Hagee uh, um, with a maintenance day. Ryan Lomberg is on leave right now for the Panthers after the birth of his child. So gave a little opportunity for Joe Thornton to become uh, come into the lineup. Reinhardt being uh, elevated to the top six. Um, Noel Chari coming back after a 10-game absence. And um, Noel Chari right, um, right in front um, get, gets a goal for the for the Panthers, only his second of the year. And he was asked after the game how it was how it's been like for the for him watching this Panthers team. Uh, win so much and now that he's um, contributing to it and he talks all about how it, it's been it's been great watching it from the sideline but he always wanted to get out there and that he's he's grateful to be out there and uh, when Jonathan Huberto took his penalty um, a penalty Noel Chari was the guy who was taking his place on the PK so um, Noel Chari and Etulu Sterena right right there two more um who would you, you you would prefer as defensive forwards? Um, mm-hmm. Just j- you you just have so many multi- multiple weapons, and this Florida Panthers special teams just it's it's turned a complete one eighty in the last few months. Especially with the the power play, you know, we we talked about it in previous shows where you know after Andrew Burnett they they were not converting at all, and they're in the bottom of the league, and then all of a sudden after um, you know. January comes up there they're you know seventh in the league and now it seems like they're getting a goal or two every game on the man advantage but um the the penalty kills always been very dangerous uh they have at least two or three um, potential scoring chances every game I mean they had a couple tonight um and Noel Chari you know like I said you know on my cancelable um you know uh thought that I had last week um that I prefer him in the lineup than Ryan Lomberg um but he looked very energized tonight. He was skating quick. He was hitting everything. And, you know, he kind of went a little bit high on uh, Moritz Sider. I think he caught him in the head, which, you know, to me, it was surprising that he didn't get a penalty called on that. But um, he looked good. He did. He looked like he fit the part. And he looked like he, you know, had been on the team or had played all season. So very nice to see that Cookie was out there and he scored a big goal to get the game tied up and really kind of changed the momentum after those first five minutes where it seemed like Detroit was uh, giving uh, the Panthers all they could handle. And the way I thought about it was we saw how aggressive Detroit was five to two does not always indicate how hard the opposition tried. And really the Panthers out talented the Detroit Red Wings really with what they put on the ice. And 
Dylan Larkin's missing. Moritz Sider missed a, a big stretch in this game. Philip Zadina was uh, a late scratch in this one as well. So what the Detroit Red Wings put out, um, the Panthers really didn't pull, pull away until a little later in this game. So they really gave all that they got. But I want to talk a little bit about um, the four-on-four with um, Gudis and Rasmussen. Of course, the, the rule in hockey is you don't go after the goalie. Um, even though, even though the situation with um, Bennett and Vasilevsky in the preseason, where I still believe that that was a little flop by uh, Vasilevsky, of course, um, you don't go after the goalie. Gudis took his exception, but that right there, even though I don't agree that Gudis should have gone in the box, that really fired up this Florida Panthers team. And this guy is leading the NHL in hits by over sixty hits. Nick, my goodness, this is this guy. Even if he's not getting on the scoreboard. He's getting. He's bringing a little bit of a different energy when things like that happens. And I mean, it was three two at the time. Uh, um, Bertuzzi had that really nasty move to get it past Bob, but to go from three two um, after that scuffle to carrying it away that 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 Gudis that Gudis um, Rasmussen scuffle really started it all. Yeah, and Roots Musen was kind of running around, uh, kind of, you know, with a, you know, like a chicken with a head cut off all game. And he was throwing the body and everything. And it just so happened that, you know, he he ran into Bobrovsky and, uh, you know, Gudis took exception right away. Um, I can't think of another time, you know, where that happened immediately on a Panthers team. It usually would wait or, you know, one guy would ask the other guy, like, hey, do you want to go? Gudis didn't even wait. He went right after mm-hmm. him um, and took care of business. And, you know, hey, you know, you said that, you know, he shouldn't have gone in the box. He kind of instigated it. <laughs> um, he was going to get a penalty either way, but at least that tone and that message was sent. And then from there on out, Panthers were hitting everything. Um, it was a physically dominating uh, performance from them. Um, I mean, Claude Giroux was even hitting people. Like there was one shift where I think he had four hits, um, two, two of them knocking guys straight into the glass. It was phenomenal. Watch live. Um, and it just shows you that this team cares about one another. They want to succeed and that, you know, they're unflappable. You know, if one guy goes down that the next guy is going to get up and uh, take his place and make sure that the job gets done. Yeah. And, and that, and Claude Drew, um, Claude Drew, definitely a, a big, big factor more than just scoring goals, even though he only has two uh, as, as a Panther, but there was a there there was there also changed that also changed the momentum in the way that the Florida Panthers had up to three different lines on one off um one sequence in their offensive zone. Just yep. every time they were forechecking like crazy, getting the puck. Every time the um the Detroit Red Wings try clearing it, um the Florida Panthers were were just keeping it in and multiple lines there just and the ESPN tracker was looking at the, the, they were actually counting the zone time as it was happening and just thinking, uh, how, how long are they going to, I was just thinking, how long are they going to continue keeping it in? And, uh, and, and of course that was, that resulted in the, um, later, um, weeks cutting to the net, as we mentioned earlier. And Patrick Cornquist had a secondary assist on that. He missed a little bit of, of the game and, um, he comes back, um, and is involved in that, in that goal. But, um, but like like I said, um, th- just another another great game by, by the Panthers. Just um, and um, let's talk about that another penalty that could have 
could have been another dangerous play. We talked about Rasmussen, <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, Oscar Sundquist, that, um, that two-hand slash on Lucas Carlson, 25, mm-hmm. 25 seconds into the period. And that's really what the – what made, it was the dagger of the game pretty much. Yes. And, and Maury Sider was just coming back to the bench. Um, Rhino on the power play once again. Like he's <laughs> that's death taxes Sam Reinhart power play goals. But with that, I want to talk about the ice time that Jonathan Huberto had on that power play. He was playing multiple shifts on that on that power play on that five minute major, and I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, man, they're really trying to give get give him an opportunity to get the Art Ross, and it's just like a little bit of mixed feelings as well. It's the do do you go after the Art Ross or or do you preserve some of the energy that is for Huberto? Because I don't know if he's going to get scratched in the next few games. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to. I think that he's in the running for the heart and the Art Ross and everything. So I, I personally don't think that they're going to sit him. Um, might they sit some of the defensemen or some of the uh, other guys like Reinhardt? Um, you know, I can see Marchman possibly sitting down a game. Just some of the guys that you're really going to depend on, uh, like Hornquist, I could see sitting a game or two just to, you know, kind of refreshen up. But, um, no, I mean, like that going back to that that shift, that has been the most dominating shift of hockey that I've seen in a very long time. That didn't end up in a goal. Um, it eventually did after, you know, it was cleared out maybe once or two more times after that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would be interested to see how long they were in the zone because I think it went on for at least two or three minutes and they weren't even on the power play. But um, the slash from Sunquist uh, was a kind of an interesting play because – now, one side of it, you could see that he he definitely was going for the slash, but I don't know if he was really going for Carlson's uh, hand or he was intending to injure him at all. I think he was just going in to uh, try and block a shot, and you know the only way he could do was try to slash his stick out of his hand, and it caught Carlson. Um, but if if that's all you're going for and everything, it's going to be caught every time, and it was very easy for the referees to see that. Um, his intent was to slash Carlson. So um, no issues there with a five-minute major and a game misconduct. Um, plays like that shouldn't be in the game. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that that sealed the deal for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, uh, and it, and like you said, Rasmussen was everywhere. He had the roughing against uh, Gus Forsling in the first period. Um, his own stick um, got um, up to uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's face. Um mm-hmm. And so he was, uh, he was definitely everywhere on the ice for not so good reasons um, for, for the, for the um, Detroit Red Wings and just the power play shots on goal. I'm going to, I'm going to look up the amount of power play shots on goal because there, there was a lot for the Panthers. Um, The Detroit Red Wings had a total of 23 minutes of PIM in in Uh this one and shots on goal for the Panthers. um, They got, Eight shots on goal um, total um, for, for for the Panthers on, tonight, and just this the special teams is just continuing to just be on a little bit of a roll. And there was that again. There was a point where the Florida Panthers power play was twenty fourth in the NHL after December. Now they're inside of the top six uh, of, uh-huh. of the league. It, it's just everything. Everything worked out. Everything evened out. This team got healthier. And an, another player that I could also see resting in the next few days, Nick. I can see mm-hmm. Sam Bennett rate, um, resting, not just for him to rest, but how about Anton Lundell moving up to the second line for a game and giving him a little bit of of, of that top six time in order to like 
in, in case of emergency later on in the playoffs. I mean, in four games against the Detroit Red Wings, I'm, he has four goals in, in three games. He missed the first uh, matchup against them. But there's also an opportunity for Anton Lindell to get an opportunity there right before the playoffs. I'd be very happy and I'd be stoked if that happened because that's eventually going to be his spot. Um, and I think it would provide him experience on what is going to be expected uh, on that second line because, you know, let's let's be honest. The first line is going to see the top pairing. Second line defense will oftentimes see the second or the first uh, D pairing. And then the third line most often will either see the second or the third D pairing, just depending on, you know, what the coach wants and where they're playing. Because obviously I think it's the home team that gets the last change um, when it comes to a faceoff. Um, but I'd be very interested to see um, a Lundell, um, Uberto, and uh, Duclair line. Mm-hmm. I think the speed of Duclair and the – the playmaking ability of Uberto. Meanwhile, with Lundell being that defensive smart two-way player, I think would be a recipe for success. And I think there would be a tough, it'd be tough to game plan for that type of line. Um, I think Sam Bennett is just your North and South skater that can, you know, take the puck and make sure it gets in deep for you. Um, but he definitely needs Uberto to feed him the puck. But I think Lundell would add another like dimension or two to that line that I think would be, just unbelievable mm-hmm. and uh i can't stop smiling thinking about it yeah yeah of course i uh, i know you're uh president of the anton lindell fan club or uh, of course my little flag here <laughs> but um also with sam bennett he also spoke to the media this morning um after um um talking about how being in florida has helped him be free up his game a little bit and Huberto being the one to set him up has definitely upped his game um, at one point, averaging a point per game for for the Panthers. Um, but even though he's fallen off a little bit, def- that definitely a, a, a better situation that um, Sam Bennett finds himself in. But we're going to transition over to the next segment. Of course, this is usually the segment that we talk about the Atlantic Division, the standings and all, but everything is starting to clear up so we really only have now one team to look after and it's 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 getting to that point of the season and but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info find all the latest sports development league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information for live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends to action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So, like I said in the last segment, um, Nick, uh, we don't have to watch the rest of the I mean, we could watch like how they're playing and see their mm-hmm. the habits of the other teams, see who's going to be in that two, three, even in the wild card, but not being dependent on the um, other teams losing and the Panthers full control of their destiny for the last few weeks, get the job done. I mean, we are nine, eight days away from the end of the regular season, just uh, 10 or 11 from the postseason, and they got it clinched early. Now, one team that they have um, to look after on the other side of, of the of the map of the NHL map is the Colorado Avalanche, who 
Seattle has been weird this season. They've been yeah. a not not so good hockey team. They uh they make uh, questionable picks of the expansion draft, but they sweep the Florida they sweep the Florida Panthers this year, and they beat the Colorado Avalanche uh, yesterday three to two in regulation. So the Florida Panthers are now two points clear of the Avalanche. Five games to go to get the President's Trophy. Kevin Weeks on the broadcast said that. He wouldn't put so much attention with trying to um, go after the pre- um, president's trophy and just try to get health. And Andrew Burnett even said something that it's a bonus for this team. And just, wow. The, the, I I didn't think that Colorado was going to go. I mean, not only that Colorado was going to go on a little bit of a skid, but the, the, the timing, once again, of this 12-game winning streak. The 12-game winning streak in 2016 was in January. This is uh-huh. coming at this point of the season. Timing is everything for this Florida Panthers team. Definitely. Um, you couldn't ask for you know a better stretch either. I mean, you look at how they were winning games. I mean, I think to start, you know, they had to come back through a couple of games being down multiple goals and uh, playing that cardiac cats you know, type of game where they're going to have to put up seven or eight goals to win to now transitioning where they've only given up nine goals in like six games, which is ridiculous. So um, it just, you know, goes to show that this team understands that, you know, the way it needs to play in order to win. But, um, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, you know, if they're going to go on a skid right now, they they still have the Western Conference basically tied up. um, And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what they plan on doing with their their lineup here, you know, with five games left as well. Um, I know that the uh, the gentleman uh, who just commented on the video here, you know, Timmy T said, you know, he would, he'd uh, want to rest the top two lines and let the bottom two lines kind of, you know, get more playing time, which I agree. But let's get through Toronto and Tampa first. Um, I want my guys out against them and actually really see if this whole defensive um, mindset is going to stick or if we're going to, again, revert back to playing that, uh, that cardiac cats um, type of play. But um, if the Panthers win the president's trophy, um, kind of hung up on it. I mean, like Andrew I feel- and I said, it, 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 it feels, you know, like an extra bonus, but at this point in time, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm superstitious. Um, you know, you said the last time somebody won the cup uh, after winning the president's trophy was the Blackhawks in like 2013. And that, that was kind of like, I think a special uh, kind of season, you know, they only had, we only had 52 games and they just like destroyed everybody along the way, but maybe, maybe it'll be okay for the Panthers this year because it seems like they're destroying everybody as well. So um you know, if they end up winning it, then you know what? That's something actually that they can bring to South Florida and uh, definitely put in, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the little wall or the little area of, um, you know, the den of honor that they have there. And I think about it also of what Andrew Burnett said after the game. He talked about how in the moment when you are winning all these games and in the middle of a race of trying to just become better, Andrew Burnett, when it com- came to questions, about division title, about President's Trophy, all he was saying was, at that moment, it's hard to really appreciate and you're just focused on the next game. Andrew Burnett, I mean, he's, even though all of them are adults, he's the adult in the room. He has to keep people locked in. He has to keep make sure that he's, everyone's focused on the prize. And he talks so much about that. And, it, and that's what you want in a coach. And that... And that is that gives me like so much peace of mind hearing the way he speaks to the media about how 
how he relates to people and and how much of a of a confidence um that how much confidence this team has in him that he's going to be the one leading the way for this Florida Panthers team and that's why I'm not I'm not worried about whether the in, interim tag is taken off right now so mm-hmm. that that is just great responses from uh Andrew Burnett just showing the the blinders are on right here he's seeing yep. right now the Toronto Maple Leafs in the distance let's get to Saturday Definitely. And I think they've had to have that mindset all year. Um, And I think that's actually been probably his mindset since, you know, he was given the job, you know, after coach Q resigned, you know, he didn't want to get ahead of himself and he just wanted to make sure that the team was going to continue to perform the way that they had been. I mean, they started off seven and zero under Q and, you know, there's going to be big questions, you know, was this going to affect the team and look where they are now? Um, You know, don't, don't mess with something that's working and the time for reflection will be when they need it the most or when this is all over and they have the cup. That's, that'll be, those will be the only two times that they need to reflect. Um, and I really hope it's the latter of the two. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more because um, it's a, the, the grind, the grind of the Stanley cup playoffs, the close games that there are, the fact that the puck can go to can bounce any which way um for for the for either team can make make such a difference positioning um it ma- making an instinctual pass on a rush though those those all get players hearts racing fans racing coaches racing and just the the like just the vibe in the buildings between players and and fans it's just like the atmosphere is just like Everybody's just kind of like pins and needles in a way, whether it's game one or game number or game number 16 to lift the cup. Definitely. will be sitting on one butt cheek the entire time. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> Cause you, you just never know when you're just going to jump out. Um, it could be, it could be via a comeback. It could be via an empty net goal and just there, there's nothing like the, like, like the Stanley cup playoffs and so much drama. Yeah, it's 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 why we watch We watch to get to this point. We watch to have the best players perform when they need to. And, you know, it's just we get we all come together as fans. And I'm so proud of the fan base right now showing up to games and really, you know, pushing the team and giving them energy. Um, We haven't seen anything like this in a long time. And I really hope that the fan base is rewarded, you know, at the, you know, by, by the end of the season or, you know, end of the uh, cup run, I should say. <laughs> I love it. And one, one more thing is um, I do agree with you on the fact that I want the Panthers to put their lineups out for Toronto and um, Tampa Bay. Of course, there's going to be some scratches. Um, and I think, and I assume the other teams are going to do their fair share with the even though Toronto lost tonight, they still have a pretty decent lead on Tampa Bay because you want to kind of send a message in case you meet one of those teams uh-huh. in round two. It's like you, you're, you, we, they want to implement that intimidation factor from the start. It's like, remember this? I mean, Florida's already won the season series as far as points against Tampa Bay, but. Uh-huh doing it again against Toronto as well. And then, and then doing, and hopefully doing it against Tampa Bay. There's good. They're going to, they're going to have that confidence. Um, 
it, uh, once that once they get past uh, round one, hoping that it, assuming that they do. Yeah, and I, I, I'm trying to remember how many points did Huberto have against the Leafs the last time they played, and didn't he have a game-winning goal? Mm-hmm. I think he had five points that night, and Austin Matthews had what an assist. Yeah, uh, Huberto Huberto did have uh, five points, two goals, and three assists in that one last go round. Hmm. And hmm. Austin Matthews' only goal against the Panthers in two games was an empty netter in their first matchup. Hmm. So, if that's going to be the case, then I'm going to make a prediction. Let's for hear Saturday. it. Let's hear it. Huberto is going to have a three point night. He's going to have a goal and assist, but he's going to have a primary assist on a game winner. Oh. And, and I don't think Toronto's going to leave Florida with any points. And the fact that if they do come out with two points and Toronto um, with nothing, even after the Panthers clinched the division, which they just did, mm-hmm. that is going to – it's going to be a character win for the Panthers. Yes. Um, it would be because is it's just the like I said earlier, see, seeing that the opponent is right here, you you pay attention to them. I just I just wonder if Austin Matthews is going to be in the building because I know he didn't play tonight. I don't even know if he's on the trip um, or if they're just resting him to be cautious. But uh, be very interested to see how that team plays uh, without him in in, in this barn. But. Uh, no, uh, let, let the players play in the last in these two games. And then from there, um, you know, kind of let them rest, get them ready for that first round uh, playoff battle, which is looking hopefully more and more like the uh, Washington Capitals, um, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I really honestly don't care who's in goal. Um, I think they can put anybody in goal and they will be still a tough team to beat, uh, which is why I, I want to play the Capitals, because I feel like they we know what they are uh, and their goaltending is not the – it's not to the caliber that the Pittsburgh Penguins is going to be. I mean, they, they've been shuffling guys back and forth uh, all season. So um, you really just got to keep an eye on, you know, people like Ovechkin, Oshie, uh, Tom Wilson, make sure he's not running around, you know, hitting people uh, illegally. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll play well defensively, but um, I, I don't think that they can, you know, handle the depth that the Panthers have. Yeah. And, Casey Dismissed for the Pittsburgh Penguins gets a 52 save shutout against the Boston Bruins. And um so it's I don't want any more. part of that. I don't want I don't want I don't want it neither. And <laughs> that's gonna be possibly Carolina or New York's problem. And they're tied in points. Carolina and New York are tied in points and they face each other one more time. So that is a matchup to watch uh, on, in the Metropolitan Division. So Nick, I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on this live episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. The Panthers did it. They're the, the, the top seed of the Eastern Conference, but the but the mission is not done for this team. And we, we they got a long way to go. Still five more games before the postseason. So ho- hope to have you back on another Fairbanks Friday where we're previewing the first round matchup between whoever the Florida Panthers uh, play. So tell everybody where they can uh, find you and your work online. Armando, thank you again for having me on. It's uh, it's been a fun this season so far. And, uh, you know, again, I hope to uh, jump on next Thursday and uh, see who we're going to be competing against uh, in the playoffs. Um, uh, Everybody can find me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero, or you guys can follow my work on uh, pantherparkway.com.
Awesome. Make sure to follow follow him, Florida Panther fans. And thank you, Nick, so much once again. Anytime. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL shows. Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.